WWN, Las Vegas. Cofield and Company NFL Insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, joins us now. Us being John Von Tobel and Damon Cotton, Steve Cofield is out, probably destroying his gut with, I don't know, some just amalgamation of disgusting food. If any, you know, if Instagram's any, uh, any indication of what Steve's diet's been like the last couple of days in New Orleans. Miles, it's good to talk to you. I feel like you've got a good, strong diet. You eat clean, yeah? I do. I try to. You know, I made some chicken thighs and brown rice and green beans last night. So Ooh. that's uh, that, that, that'll that be what I eat for the rest of the week. I, I'm not big on what, what they call meal planning now. But, I mean, like, I guess that's what I do. But I just don't think of it that way. It's just like, I, you know, I'm a single person. I live by myself. So if there are four chicken thighs in the pack from Trader Joe's, like that's just what I'm going to eat for the week. It just it makes it easy. That's it's very good. Although I think Demon is a little bit better at this, considering you know I think he's gone to the gym uh, more than once in the last uh, seven days. Demon brown rice. I thought there were studies that that's actually not as healthy as people think it is. No, I love brown rice. Oh, okay. My yeah. thing is I can meal prep. Where Miles says, "Oh, that's what I'm going to eat for the rest of the week," I'm eating the, those four chicken thighs all at once. Well, I mean, oh. you're. I mean, have you ever seen Miles? Have you ever seen Demon? Well, yes, you know, on video. I'm yeah. not. I don't think that I've ever seen him in person. But you know, I he is the jacked member of right. the Cofield and Company, if I understand that correctly. Yes. So four. Yes, four chicken thighs <laughs> does make a lot of sense for for Demon. He, he he might be small in uh, in size, but uh, not in stature. He is a, a very strong man. Uh, as is Devonte Adams. I don't know what kind of a segue that was. Devonte Adams is strong. Okay. Um, He's also a man with some very strong words, and he turned some heads with the comments that he made yesterday uh, about his workload, and I, I think what a lot of people caught Miles was the comment, we were talking about this about 20 minutes ago, of, hey, when you're a player like me, and I'm paraphrasing here, you don't measure success and wins, uh, you measure it by success on the field, and I think in a roundabout way, if you read the entire quote, he's essentially saying, our offense has stunk, the only reason we scored over 20 points the other day was because we had a safety involved. If we're going to be better on offense, it's got to involve me. Am I wrong in trying to speak up for Devontae here and saying, like, no, guys, look, like, just look at what he's actually saying. He's not trying to be selfish here. I don't think he is trying to be selfish, and I, I think he's right. And you know, I, I find Devontae Adams to be one of the more thoughtful players um, in the entire National Football League when he's talking to the media, and because he's so good – you do need to listen to what he says, and it's not like he's just talking out of his rear end, right? I, I think what he says makes sense, and especially, look, you're not going to have your starting quarterback this week, so that means you need to lean on your best players in order to get the best kind of production. Now, it also helps that you're basically playing you know, with training wheels this week because you're going against the Chicago Bears, and I know that they get paid too, but... If you look at that defense, it's not all that good. And, you know, even the vaunted Chiefs, right? The only time that they've scored 30-plus this year was against the Chicago Bears. So what does that mean? Well, get your stuff right this week. You know, if you're going to have Aiden O'Connell, have him lean on Devontae Adams. Let him be productive. You've got a scheme for your best players. So I, I understand what Devontae Adams is saying, and it might ruffle a few feathers. But at the end of the day, he's got a good point. Who would you start if you're the Raiders? I would start O'Connell. I, I think that, again, I mean, you're playing a defense that's basically like playing with training wheels, right? And and O'Connell, I thought, acquitted himself very well against the Chargers a few, week, a few weeks back um, when he had to start for Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, if 
you do the smart thing and call a run play on first and goal from the three, maybe the Raiders win that game and, you know, you don't have O'Connell throw that interception on a play where, yeah, the Chargers understand how to read it. So I I think that it makes more sense to go with O'Connell. If you did it a few weeks ago, you should do it again and just have Brian Hoyer be the backup. But, Miles, this team is in the thick of what could be called a playoff race. They are 3-3. Three and three. Oh, <laughs> How do you look that team in the eyes and say, we're not going with Brian Hoyer, the guy who won us a game this past week? Because O'Connell did fine. And like I said, O'Connell would have won the game if you just handed off to Josh Jacobs. I mean, like, I don't know. I think at a certain point, it's like, who are you beating and how are you beating them? All right. And I think Whoa. everybody understands. Hey, Miles, I don't know if you heard Josh McDaniels here in Raider Nation. We don't throw fish back. All right. Win's a win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But you've beaten, what, the Broncos? You beat the Packers, who are reeling. And you beat the arguably the worst team in the league right now in the New England Patriots. And again, you're playing the Chicago Bears, another team that's arguably the worst team in the league. Now, you got to play the teams on your schedule and when they are there. And, you know, you, I'm not saying apologize for getting a win, but I think if we are being realistic, but why is it that we need to play Brian Hoyer, who, you know, God love him, and he's a Northeast Ohio guy just like I am, but, you know, you're not getting anything more in terms of development when you play him. And again, if you played Aiden O'Connell a couple weeks ago, why, why wouldn't you do it again? I mean, I don't, he gave you a chance to win. So I, I don't see that, you know, starting Brian Hoyer is like this horrible thing or starting Aiden O'Connell over Brian Hoyer is this horrible thing that signals you're not trying to win. I don't I don't see that. I just want to point out that as we made fun of Josh McDaniels the other day for his postgame uh, locker room speech about no throwing fish back, Miles had no idea what that meant. So he's got to work on the postgame speeches. It was not very good. Miles Simmons with this <laughs> yeah. football talk. Yeah, it wasn't great. Actually, I asked you to mind. I'll ask you on the air. Uh, you put up the wrong hour. I wanted to come back and pull my – I did a very inspirational post-game locker room speech myself on Monday, Miles. Oh, it was great. The mind wanted to run through a wall for me. It was absolutely fantastic. So I, I hope Josh it. takes some some pointers. Can you do it? I feel like you're a very mild-mannered guy. Could you could you get intense and, like, lead a locker room speech? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I would need a little bit more motivation than just right now. But, you know, oh, <laughs> if, if the timing were right – you know, and you're you're getting yourself a little bit revved up. Like, do you want me to do this right now? Is that what the radio? I mean, thing I mean, look, if, if the radio thing to do, yeah, if you want, you can just turn it on. Or if not, you know, you can't be pros like us when you're in the moment. And this is what you do, Miles. When the people want entertainment, you fire yourself up, huh? You a pro or you a Joe? Because I think you're a pro, Miles, and I think you can do it. Well, here's the thing, gentlemen. When we go out there and we win, and we got to clap it up for ourselves, all right? You know, because there ain't nobody else going to do it better than us. And here's the thing. We have a complete team win. Offense, we got it done. Defense, Max Crosby. When you get a safety like that and you sack a dude in the end zone and that gets us to 21 points and that allows us to finish off the game, that's exactly what we want to do. So here's the thing, gentlemen. We got to keep our stuff together all right we got to celebrate this win we're going to do what we need to do mm -hmm. and we're going to come mm -hmm. back and we're going to go get another one all right but yes, you know sir. what we got to enjoy this because every single win every single win hey every single win all right mm -hmm. is a really big thing in this league okay so i don't ever want you to take it for granted okay and we're going to come back next week and we're going to get our stuff right we're going to get corrected and we're going to go beat the bears so hey max crosby get a breakdown that's right that? yeah! all right yeah
That's what I'm talking about. All right. See, Ma's got in okay. him. Josh McDaniels, you got to work on that. You got to work on it. We've had two people now on the show <laughs> blow your post game speech out of the water. Uh, all right. Miles Simmons with us, Pro Football Talk. Uh, wanted to get your reaction. You got something? What do you no, got? no, go ahead. Okay. Go, keep going. Um, you're not impressed with the signing of Julio Jones? No, I'm I'm confused by it. Uh, and Julio Jones says he's got some left in the tank or whatever he really put it at yesterday. I I I think the Eagles are fine. I think that they just need to and you know as I was just saying instead of Josh McDaniels get their stuff right. You know it, it's interesting their offense has not been as fluid as I would think that it should be. Um, you know Brian Johnson goes from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. I kind of felt like, you know, maybe things might be a little herky-jerky early in the season, but you would get that right as you cross the, let's call it quarter of the season mark, right? When you're four games, five games in, and they're still not there. And that's interesting to me because you look at what Sean Desai is doing as their defensive coordinator, and he comes in from uh, Seattle, and it's like, this seems a lot better on defense than it is on offense. And, you know, I would have thought that, that was reversed because you got an external coordinator versus internal coordinator. So I don't know exactly what that passing game needs. I mean, it's good that Devontae Smith is going to be healthy enough to go this weekend. Missed yesterday's practice with a hamstring was back on the field today. Um, But this, in theory, this should be like a good shootout game on mm -hmm. Sunday night football on NBC and Peacock, of course, is where you can catch that thing. But I don't know that the Eagles offense right now is good enough to keep up with the Dolphins. And defensively, the Eagles are good, but there's not really been a team that can say, oh, yeah, we've totally stopped the Dolphins except for like the Bills. I mean, it's just it's it's weird. I don't I don't know what's going on there with the Eagles. And I but. I don't know that I'm picking them to win this weekend, that's for sure. If if you're cutting pieces of pie of blame for the offense and the averageness of it, how big of a piece is Jalen Hurts getting? Uh, he's getting, let's call it a third to like 45%. I don't okay. think it's all him. I think some of it is is play calling and some of it is the scheme and what they're trying to do. But look, if you're Jalen Hurts – and you know you will your defense because your head coach told the defense to whether he will admit it or not uh, told them they allowed this dude to score so he can get the ball back so he can win and you it's your job to then go out there and put up a beautiful two-minute drive mm -hmm. because that's what you got paid to do right he was not the highest paid player in league history for very long but he was and that's why they gave him the contract because over the course of the last couple of years he has shown so much growth right he was the runner-up for mvp last year you've got to be able to, to put that drive together at the end of the game where you go win and the fact that he just made such a terrible read i mean like in the drive before that to throw a pick like that's terrible and then he just wasn't as competitive enough as he needed to be maybe that's not the right, the right put it he wasn't effective enough as he needed to be um in the last drive and i, I i've been surprised by jalen hurts struggles i have i think he's gonna get back to where he needs to be i just don't know that it's going to be this week especially when you're facing a, a coordinator as tough as vic fangio yeah that's kind of been my worry with hurts and watching him you know, he's pretty much, and I like a lot of the PFF metrics and everything they have, he's pretty much already matched his turnover-worthy plays of last season already, right? We're only a third of the way through, and it's kind of on the same path that he was the first two years of his career in terms of turnover-worthy play rate. That, that's what kind of worries me when you look at the larger sample size, and I think it is somewhat fair, but the I think the issues, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, throughout his career have been, hey, you put the ball in danger quite a bit, and that's starting to show up again, and it, it does make you worry. I think a little bit, right, it's fair to worry that maybe last year was the flash in the pan.
Yeah, I, I think that we can worry about that. Yeah, and and no one really thought that coming into the year that, oh, right. Jalen Hurts is going to start turning the ball over again because that was the beautiful thing that he was doing last year. He just wasn't putting the ball in harm's way. And so that's where it's like, okay, is it because Shane Steichen isn't there anymore? I mean, it, it's almost the, the thing I think about with the Josh Allen, right, where – he and Brian Dayball were so on the same page that the turnover-worthy plays went down and went down and went down. And then when Brian Dayball goes to the New York Giants to be head coach last year and Ken Dorsey gets promoted to offensive coordinator, things get different. And it's weird because it's kind of the same situation, right? You have your former quarterback's coach goes to then be the offensive coordinator and is calling the plays. And all of a sudden, things just get weird. And I was like, why is that? Especially because... You are very used to this person talking to you. Maybe not necessarily, you know, calling the plays and all that, but I just, I don't know exactly what's wrong with Jalen Hurts right now, but I do know that he's got to correct it. And I believe he can. I don't know that Julio Jones is the magic elixir, but I just think that there's got to be some sort of, I don't know if it's come to Jesus or whatever it is, but like Jalen Hurts just has to get his stuff right because he is certainly capable of playing better than he is right now. Could that savior be Derrick Henry? And if not the Eagles, who do you think would actually be on the market to trade for him? Um, I don't know if the Eagles need him. I mean, that offensive line is so good. Like, yeah, it would make them better, but I don't, I don't think so. I, I think a dark horse team might be like the Rams because the Rams, especially now that Kyron Williams has gone down, you know, they could use that boost to their run game and something that can take that offense from really good to potentially elite that would be one potential key. And I, I just go back to when the Rams offense was really humming early in Sean McVay's tenure, that was Todd Gurley's offense, right? I mean, we can talk about how Jared Goff is playing some of the best football of his career that's not, you know, from 17 and 18 right now with the Lions, but Todd Gurley made that thing go. And I think when the Rams offense is based off of the run game and you're taking a little bit of pressure off of Matthew Stafford, that could really help. So that's a dark horse team for me for the, for, for Derrick Henry. Can we finally start to see this, right? Like like the Titans are, of course, there's the conversations about, okay, Derrick Henry, you went and got Hopkins, but now that's maybe a piece. Like you see this, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big NBA fan. You see it all the time, right, Miles? You, you sign guys, and then by the time you get to the trade deadline, maybe your team's not where you thought, so let's ship these guys off and let's get some assets. You don't really see it in the NFL – could the Titans start this trend? Like, we see it here and there. McCole Harbin just got traded. You see little pieces. Mm -hmm. But can we finally start to see the trend of teams kind of taking the analytical approach going, look, we see the writing on the walls. Let's get some assets and let's start this thing. I think so. I mean, the, the Broncos were trying to do that with Frank Clark, and yeah. everybody was like, yeah, no, I'm not taking that contract from you. You're going to have to release him if you know you think you made that big of a mistake. That's your fault, not ours. And so I think that's part of it, right, is the, the salary cap and the structure of the salaries is, is so much different in the NFL than it is in the NBA. But a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who we know can still get it done, you know, he just had 100 yards a couple weeks ago. I think part of it, too, is going to be can Ryan Tannehill get healthy quick? And I don't know if that's going to happen. This is the same ankle that he injured last year. The Titans are just so up and down. We know that Mike Vrabel is a really good coach, but it just seems like the talent there right now is not enough for them to be able to overcome all the other stuff that's going on. So I don't really know who's going to play quarterback off after their bye week, um, if it is Malik Willis or if it's Will Levis. 
if it ain't Will Levis, I mean, I don't know what Will Levis is then because mm -hmm. Malik Willis has just shown time and time again that he's not good enough. I mean, you have a guy that was – he played 18 snaps. He was sacked four times in that game against the Ravens on Sunday, and he had another sack wiped out by a penalty. Five sacks in 18 snaps is absurd. It should never happen. So – if Will Levis can't beat him out and they're competing to start, I mean, that that's not a good sign for Will Levis. So Miles is saying that my uh, ticket on the Tennessee Titans to have the worst record in the NFL, 21-1, still has some life. I like it. I'm in. Uh, it does, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they're going to be competing with the Bears and the Patriots and the, and the Panthers, though. <laughs> oh, no, never mind. I was going to let my fandom come out. If the Titans get Caleb Williams, the league's in trouble. That's all I got to say. So you better well, hope. Who's their coach? I mean, is yeah. Mike Vrabel still going to be there? If they're bad enough to get – if they're bad enough to get Caleb Williams, do you think Mike Vrabel's still going to be there, or is Mike Vrabel going to go somewhere? I don't know. They're going to keep him around. This is a playoff I, I, team. I'm not, I'm not saying the Titans would not want to keep him around. I'm saying that there could be other movement other ways. Well, Demond, Demond's furious, but I, you know what? I, I'm not afraid enough to ask the question. I think he's lost his fastball. I think he has. I think some of the some of the miles. Yeah, do admit some of the decisions. Demond's laughing. They've been head-scratchers from Vrabel this year. The Saints game, the decision to kick the field goal. We saw what happened. It transpired, of course. Were they in Germany or London? Whatever happened against the Ravens. Like, London. The, yeah, there's like there's something going on here where maybe I think the decision-making is taking a, just a peg down here with Vrabel. Well, again, I think that the talent's not necessarily there. They, they, they got messed up from some of the decisions that John Robinson, their previous general manager, yeah. made, and now they have Rand Carthon in that GM spot, and it seems like he and Mike Vrabel are better on the same page, but you know, there's only so much you can do to kind of restructure a roster in one offseason, right? So we'll see if this thing continues. But like I said, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that they're going to be bad enough to get Caleb Williams. I mean, they're, they're not, unless they decide that they're going to trade up to number one overall. And I mean, if the Bears are in that one seed or one spot, either because they are that bad or the Panthers are that bad and they have the Panthers pick, then the Bears are going to pick Caleb Williams. So, I mean, there's, I don't, I'm sorry, Mom, I, I don't see the Titans getting Caleb Williams under any circumstances. Well, let's put a smile on my face and talk about a coach who's never had a fastball. Brandon Staley, the Chargers are two and three. Oh, now. stop, stop. He's a, he's a contact. He pitches the contact, okay? <laughs> What's going on with the Chargers? They just seem to find themselves in these situations. Do you think that they're still going to be a playoff team this year? Uh, I think that they could be because the AFC is sort of muddled in the middle. So, I mean, there could be three playoff teams from the AFC North, but that still gives you another wild card spot, right? Because there's seven now. So, yeah, I don't know. I I was thoroughly unimpressed. I was at that game on Monday night uh, here in Los Angeles, and like I I just I was so unimpressed with both of those teams. And when Brandon Staley says after the game, you know that was a really good game between two really really good teams, I'm like, well, what the hell game was I at then? Because I just I saw two mid teams mitting it out, and it just so happened that the Cowboys won. And frankly, the the Chargers shouldn't have even been that close. I mean, if they don't have that freak play on the punt then the Chargers don't even score another touchdown in that game. Justin Herbert was not good enough, which you don't usually say. But look, quarterback's going to have an off night. How, do the, the, how does the rest of the team pick him up? They didn't. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, the, the Chargers, I don't think, are that good. We'll see what they do against the Chiefs. They've been usually very competitive against the Chiefs under Brandon Staley, but then they lose. So 
we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, if the Chiefs turn it over a bunch of times, then yeah, the Chargers are going to have a good chance to win. But you're also getting Andy Reid on extra time to study because the Chiefs had the Thursday night game last week. So I don't, I don't see the. The, the Chargers winning in Kansas City this week, and then, you know, things are going to start to get a little bit louder, I think, and that seat's going to get a little bit hotter around Brandon Staley. Miles, thanks a lot for the time, man. Really appreciate it, as always. Uh, before we get out of here, what's going on at Pro Football Talk? Uh, we got PFT Live, as always. Uh, I was hosting on Tuesday, and then, of course, we had the Peter King podcast this week. Uh, the guest was Sal Palantonio, and he's talking a lot about the Eagles. So if you want to check that out, you can always do that on the YouTube page or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Miles. Appreciate it. See ya. See you later. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Damon, just like me, excited for the NBA? 69187. Code word ESPN if you want to get involved with the show. DeMond loves checking the text line, loves getting compliments. So make sure you uh, you send one in for DeMond. I think he's a little down today. You all right? Feeling all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, wow. Oh, wow what? I just now checked the text line. You got a lot? Uh, they're not good ones, so I don't want to read them. No? <laughs> no? I'm kidding. Is it about our issue? Yes, it is. Okay. But someone also said, do you ever respond to text? I am sincerely wondering. Yes. Yeah. Doing it right now. So there you go. Now we can't. And if, I don't, you, and if you can't hear us respond to that text. Right. That's a you problem. Uh, cause, yeah, because I don't think you can respond. Can you, you used to back in the day be able to respond via the text line. I'm not doing all that. Okay. So you still can. You just don't feel like doing it. Okay. No. All right. That's, <laughs> so, so yes, we can respond. Person who texted in, do you respond? I sincerely wonder. Uh, we do. And we check it. And we want to know. I like interaction with the people who are nice enough to give us some time to listen. So. And if you are currently struggling to listen to us, you can also stream us on the LV Sports Network website. That's right. LVSportsNetwork.com. So for those who can't hear, listen to us and go to LVSportsNetwork.com. It's yeah. a good way to say it. Hey, you're listening maybe in the future. So, you know, if you're listening to this after the show, there you go. Now you know going forward. I'm excited. DeMond might be down. I'm fired up. We are, what, what, four, five days away? I'm not good at math. From the start of the NBA season? Less than a week. Are you ready? Are you excited? I am so excited. Really? Yes. So you sent in a story about the uh, the Denver Nuggets and asked whether or not they were going to be a dynasty. I don't really care about all that. I just, I wonder about your excitement level for the NBA. You're like going to be a day-to-day guy? Wait, so you're... You like the Tennessee Titans, so what, are you a Memphis Grizzlies fan? Yes, and did yeah? you see okay. that bull junk that ESPN put out when they tried to slander John Morant? I mean, it was, it was part of the Big 4-4, four four, and maybe we're going to talk about it a little and bit later. And T. Morant. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm, I am fired up because I just can't believe it. But the story oh that I did gosh. send about from the ringer about you know the Denver Nuggets, Draymond, they had a quote from there, and I didn't see this, so good on them for putting that quote in there. Draymond said in April, we're probably going to be the last dynasty you're ever going to see. So just this guy, I want another dynasty to pop up somewhere. Okay, He said, this is the last dynasty, so that's why people are going to remember us. And every day with JVT, I don't care which mic he's at, he is going to find a way. Okay, you know what? I'm going to find a way. Do we do this under protest again? Not only am I sweating again, I can't find a mic that doesn't fall down. I can't do it. I can't work like this. What am I supposed to do? There's somebody standing outside. I hope they hear me. This is ridiculous. I didn't even touch it. It just fell in my lap. It just asked, like, the thread, can it just be, like, a millimeter longer? Anyway, as I try to focus. Gosh, under these conditions, how do you do it? I'm a pro, though. I don't let it get to me. 
<laughs> you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know. Uh, I would say, because sometimes when it comes to quotes, it is taken out of context. Was he saying that in that he's saying, hey, we're awesome and nobody else is going to be this awesome? Or was he saying in the sense of, there is a lot of parody in the NBA nowadays? Quite frankly, with his new CBA, dynasties are over. Okay, see? So You'll always remember us because we're the last dynasty you'll be able to speak of. Okay. I don't know how he said it, but that's the quote. Well, so he's speaking to the structure of the league now and the way things are working and the penalty that you get if you're in the tax. You know, now they have the new aprons and whatnot, so teams who are in the luxury tax for too long and all sorts of things are going to get penalized, and thus it makes it, it works against you or doesn't behoove you to try to load up as a squad. It's why what the Suns are doing are pretty interesting because they're trying to get in on the last time before the full new CBA kicks in and all these restrictions really kick in. So I think he's saying it from that regard. But in terms of the Nuggets, I mean, dynasty, would a dynasty be two consecutive titles? Because I think that's perfectly plausible. They're, they have the best starting five in the NBA. They're going to be tremendous. And some of the guys that they have still on this roster are signed for a few more years. So I would say it's absolutely a possibility that this team goes on. And I'll even add to it, I mean, Devon, you remember in the bubble, they make the run to the Western Conference Finals. Yep. Then, the year after, they sign Aaron Gordon, or they trade for Aaron Gordon, but Jamal Murray tears his ACL. They could have been a dynasty earlier. It's just that they ran into some tough times, especially when you lost Jamal Murray, and the other year when the Suns made it all the way to the Finals, they got dismantled because of injuries. Like, I think you make the argument that, yeah, Denver could totally be one of those teams. This is also going to pivot to another story that you also had in the rundown. Calvin Booth, the GM, he's quoted as saying, they had to get rid of Bones Highland. We couldn't have two me guys, considering Bones Highland and Michael Porter Jr. So I like that he's he's putting it all on the table. We couldn't have two me guys on the team. The Washington Wizards are full of me guys. Um, Okay, so first off, that's actually a pretty fascinating thing, too, because – uh, I think it was uh, you like the ringer. Who's uh, Kevin O'Connor? Yeah, um, he still worked there, right? He's still over there. Mm-hmm. So he was a conversation, I think, with him. And Booth has since come out and kind of argued that he told uh, KOC that off the record, and he's trying to kind of throw O'Connor under the bus, like, "No, dude, what I told you was in private." So it's like a whole journalism thing, it seems. Now I will say, as a Clippers fan, and you know, now by extension, Bones Highland fan, how dare you! <laughs> How dare you disperse the name of a good young kid like Bones Highland, who's got all the potential in the world. But the Washington Wizards, so, okay. My favorite, like, I don't even think it's a meme, but my favorite way to describe Jordan Poole has come from social media, where he is described as that guy at the park who's just hooping in front of a bunch of hot chicks and is just trying way too hard. (laughs) That's Jordan Poole. And when you see he drops 40 the other day in a preseason game, did you see the video I sent over of Denny Avdia? Yes. Where Denny Avdia, who is – I just pronounced his name twice uh, in two different ways. But Denny Avdia is one of their young players. And, you know, they're preseason. They're working on some stuff. Poole's feeling himself. You know, he's in the midst of a great preseason game. There's a great clip of Avdia coming down to transition, pretty wide open on the wing. You don't even see what Poole's doing. But he puts his hands up because he's wide freaking Both hands. open. Both hands. And he doesn't get the ball, and he just looks up in exasperation like, dude, what are we doing? Now, I actually think Poole scored on the play. He did. So, it, But it does speak to it's probably got to be tough to play on that team with both Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, and especially with Poole, now that he's got the green light because he's one of the guys, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait to watch them. I can't wait for the NBA season. I know. It's going to be absolutely incredible.
All right, we're going to take our break because I have to fix my microphone. And uh, I don't know. Maybe when we come back, I'll be shirtless, but you won't know because it's an audio medium because it's, it's getting ridiculous. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. All right, we fixed one of the two problems. My mic is good. I mean, I showed them on what I'm working with here. The thread is absolutely ridiculous. We got like, what, a millimeter or a centimeter of clearance there on the thread? Yeah, same thing happened to it this morning, apparently. Ugh, so you're not the only one. Nightmare. 69187 is the text line. ESPN is the code word. Use that when you want to get into the show. We got some more? Oh, yeah, yeah. The texts are coming in. Keep them coming. One day suspended yesterday for the air conditioning rent? Question mark. <laughs> uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. Thank God the show's on today. Damn, Cofield withdraws. Ha, ha, ha. Ooh, we. We got JVT with El Vato Emanos. El Vato Emanos? That's no. it's, it's your, I mean. Like, like, Vanto y los Vatos is the way we do it. Yes. Yes. What's Emanos? Hermanos is brothers. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you're, the, you're the Spanish expert yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm not an expert, but. That's why I defer to you. I know first grade Spanish, yes. Yes. Uh, I know a week of. I, you know what? I freeze up. So I had, so my wife. This is a good story really quick. Um, I can speak Spanish to a certain extent. My grandmother spoke fluent Spanish. My wife speaks fluent Spanish. Her family speaks fluent Spanish. And I'm very much more in the camp of I understand way more than I speak. So I'm very much like, you talk to me in Spanish, I'll be able to respond to you in English. So when we walked in, when I walked in today, there, there was a man outside, and it was one of those where you hear like, hey, hey, but you don't think somebody's talking to you. So by the third one I turned around, he was, he was talking to me. But he asked me, you know, do you speak Spanish? But he asked me in Spanish, and and I was like, oh yeah, I was like, and, and in my mo, in my head, I'm like, this is my time to shine. This is it. And he asked me for directions, and I froze up. And I was like, oh man, I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, necesitas caminar over here, like you turn left. I just, I, I froze up. I froze up. So hopefully he got to uh, <laughs> La Buena Studios because hopefully I didn't. <laughs> And give him directions in another space. What else we got? Okay. Thanks, Damon. I hope the issue gets taken care of and you are back on the radio soon. Update from another texture. This one just came in. I can hear you on my car radio now. Nice. Point. There we go. Woo! Appreciate it. Just in time for a break. No. Um, well, we will take a break. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Nikias Duncan's going to be with us. A great basketball writer. He did a lot of extensive coverage for the WNBA, so we'll get the hardcore X's and O's breakdown uh, of what the Aces did. Last night, but before we do, uh, we were talking about the NBA. I did want to hit on something really quickly, which is the latest on James Harden, talking about um, selfish players. So Daryl Morey and the 76ers, I don't know if you read this report the other day, the Clippers and the 76ers had talks once again. So all of this is, hey, is James Harden going to play? Or is he going to be traded? The Clippers are the team uh, that, of course, are at the forefront of this because he wants to play for the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm a Clippers fan. I'm down. James, come on down. We'll trade a second-round pick. We, like I'm part of the team. Trade a second-round pick. You you come be a part of the Los Angeles Lakers. Or it's going to be Clippers. Ooh, Freudian slip. The um, the report that comes out from Shams and others is that Daryl Morey is livid that the Clippers won't budge on shipping over, as I call him, fourth-greatest Clipper of all time, Terrence Mann, for those who don't remember, was brilliant in the Western Conference semifinal series that sent the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals a few years ago. We won't talk about the Valley Oop and what happened in that series against the Phoenix Suns. But, like, what are you talking about, Daryl? You're in no position to, to, to bargain here. James Harden, I think he is a very underrated player because he is disliked. 
But Harden has gotten his way at two different stops now. And at the uh, at those two stops, he has forced his way out. So to ask for a good, solid young player, plus draft compensation and the salary filler that's going to come along with him, get all the way out of here, dude. I'm amazed that you're upset. And then they reported that because they wouldn't budge, Moral, Maury apparently was just like, well, you might as well just trade me Paul George then. And the Clippers like, <laughs> no. How are you? How are they amazed that this is happening with Harden, that people wouldn't be willing to ship off these assets? I think Harden's underrated. I think he would be awesome for the Clippers. There's no way you're trading those things for him. No way. Did he try to throw in? Who's the guy on the Sixers that also wants to trade? Who was that? The Sixers, they've got like a mid-level bench player that also wants to be traded. That is I'm, not coming to my memory. I am, I've am. i got to look this up during the break. All right, you're going to have to look that up. Uh, by the way, really quick, can we give this away? Because uh, yes. I know that we have this um, prize. We have Everybody's ears are perking up. Like, huh? Yep. Uh, two tickets to VGK versus Montreal. It's the day before Halloween, Monday, October 30th at 7 p.m. If you want two tickets to check out the Vegas Golden Knights, take on the Montreal Canadiens, all you got to do is check uh, be caller number 7, 364-1100-702-364-1100. Demond, get you two tickets to VGK versus Montreal Monday, October 30th. Shout out to Dustin. We got two tickets to uh, VGK versus Montreal Monday, October 30th. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. And thanks to Porta Supps, your neighborhood sandwich shop. So we have to hit on a couple of notes before we get to uh, the last hour of the show. For anybody who was just tuning in and wondering, last hour of the show, you guys go till 6. Not on Thursdays, friend, and not on Mondays either. We uh, step away to make room for Thursday night football today. Of course, uh, DeMond's former lover, Derek Carr, former Raiders quarterback, will be on the field to take on Trevor Lawrence, or at least it seems to be Trevor Lawrence. All reports and indications are that he will play this weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll be stepping aside for coverage of that starting at 5 p.m. Should not be a disappointing game. I would hope that it's actually a matchup that delivers on expectation in that you get a Jacksonville Jaguars team who many expect, and I am among them, to compete for one of the better seeds in the AFC and a Saints team that is and actually was and is the current favorite to win their division although they have not really looked great on offense. And Carr is at the center of that. Uh, a lot of his metrics really mirroring those that he put forth last year. And that was kind of the worry for New Orleans, which was if you're going out and risking getting Derek Carr, because it is a risk, the risk is that, what we saw last year from a statistical standpoint is what it, you're going to get going forward. And is the decline real? It was the same thing that the Denver Broncos found themselves in, is when you go and get Russell Wilson, who had been steadily declining as a quarterback, the risk that you take is that the decline is real and the decline continues. Seems to be the case now, at least through the first six games of the season, for Derek Carr, who has not performed very well. And this Saints team uh, has not been very good on offense. In the mid-20s in terms of EPA, one of the statistics that I like to use, catch-all stats, uh, when it comes to evaluating offense, defense, and uh, everything in between, has been the case. So it does seem like it's going to be another one of those ugly Thursday games. Total right now is sitting around 40, 40 and a half. Saints are favored, but a lot of that does have to do with the question status of one Trevor Lawrence, which again, all indications are that he is going to play, but it hasn't necessarily been uh, 100%. Unless, so I guess until you see him on the field, because you get a late scratch 
in that regard. So with that, we'll have more on that game. We'll get uh, DeMond's thoughts on that game coming up in the next hour. Speaking of the next hour, uh, we're going to have quite a few slated guests that are going to join us. Nikaias Duncan's going to be with us, get the uh, X's and O's perspective on the WNBA, Stanford route, and Brad Powers, professional handicapper, wrapping up a Thursday, as we always do. We do start, though, with uh, some heartbreaking news. You know, I've been lied to many times in my life, uh, many times in my life. My child lied to me this morning. Happens. Getting into it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. The innocence is gone. So, you know, the other day when I was watching football, and Damon, I think you know me by now. I'm a, I'm a guy that's in tune with, you know, sports fandom. I'm not a cynic in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed watching the Chargers fart all over themselves on Monday night in that game against the Dallas Cowboys because there was a ray of hope. An older woman who was just cheering her brains out for the Los Angeles Chargers was hanging on every play. And they just kept going back to her. This is gold. Look at this lady. It's fantastic. Were we bamboozled? Were we led astray? As Stephen A. would say. Were we hoodwinked? It does seem that maybe this is, oh boy, a plant? Mm-hmm. Is this a paid actor? Paid to be in the stands at a very good point? To just, I don't know. I don't like, what's the, what would be the point of that? The NFL is already big enough as it is. Why? I guess you can never be big enough. You can never be big enough, JVT. The conspiracy, it may be deeper than we think. So this woman who grew up in Minnesota, a Vikings fan, sure, a lot of people, you know, have multiple teams. But that interview that she had on the Pat McAfee show the next day, her background, a wall filled with all 32 helmets. Yeah. Oh, boy. Somebody claimed I saw this. I didn't see the interview with McAfee. There was somebody on social media that was claiming, so we know that she was seen in a Vikings uniform or mm-hmm. a Vikings jersey and cheering for the Vikings in a very similar and wild manner. However, I read somewhere that the, the, the explanation for that was that her son played for the team at that point? The explanation I saw is that she grew up in Minnesota. Matt Leinard even came out and vouched for her. Oh, he met her, huh? Yeah. Okay. Was Leinard on the Vikings at one point? No, uh, I think it's more of the California thing. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, 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 yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the L.A. reference. Yes, like, got hey, it. Yeah, I know yeah, her. Like, yeah. hey, to lay off. Okay. But uh, the way a conspiracy goes, these, this is my wheelhouse when it comes to conspiracy. Why would the NFL pay fans to do this? They, they're so big, they have enough money. They've even got Taylor Swift to reach over to the younger woman demographic if they want, you know, more women to watch football. But why wouldn't they? I'm sure there are plenty of fans that you could find out there and you could squint and say, hey, wasn't that guy also a Cowboys fan? Mm -hmm. But this week he's at the Eagles game? I am sure that someone is paid to be at these games. You know? So it's it's all a little too convenient. Marianne Doe, I believe was her name, right? Because she was on the McAfee show. Yeah, I'm looking at her background. Yeah, she's she's got a case full of all of the helmets. Ooh, boy. Yeah, I'm not sure I buy this. Somebody also pointed out that when she was on the broadcast, I didn't see this, um, she was caught yelling, get him, but they were on offense. Get him the ball! I guess. Or just, hey, yell generic football things and we're going to go to you. The other conspiracy is is that it's not an NFL plant, but a Spanos slash Chargers plant. That all we talk about, Especially like you know in the betting community, right? One of the things is, oh, Chargers, you don't really give them a home field because they don't have one. Mm-hmm. It's all we talk about from a fan standpoint, standpoint too. So the theory is that the Spanos, not the NFL, decided, hey, 
going to pay an actress. They're going to say that we don't have fans, that the Chargers, one of the best franchises, I'm speaking as a Spanos now, in the NFL, now I'm going to get in my locker room speech, they say that we don't have the support out here in the city of Angels. Let's prove them wrong. And right at the same time by hiring somebody to go and pretend to cheer for us. She had a brand new jersey. Mm. I like this spin on it. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a Chargers plant, not an NFL plant. There we go. Now, I don't know how watching somebody would then spurn you on to want to go to a Chargers game. Like, generally, other people's joy irritates me. So why would then I want to, hey, look at this lady. She's so into it. Let me go pay $600 plus probably more than $100 in parking and go watch the Chargers lose. Okay, besides the losing point. <laughs> but it could say, look at how ravenous our fan base is, guys. We do exist. Like you said in your pregame speech, Poor if you people. were Spanos, we exist, guys. There are dozens of us, dozens, that are cheering on their LA superchargers, okay? So, yeah, I think money well spent by the Chargers. How get, much? Get some shine. How much do you think that would cost? It can't be that much, right? Me? Two grand? I'm there. Well, that's, see, that's now that's the other question. Would you do it? And as I have made very clear, Anytime I can say it, just in case anybody's listening, I will do a lot for money. <laughs> so if you, hey, Raiders, Mark Davis, if you're listening, you need someone to don the silver and black to be overly, like, over the top with his cheering for the Las Vegas Raiders over there at the Owl, I'm in. You need a chubby guy to go shirtless, paint himself, you know, with like an LV or something like that, I'm in. Price got to be right, though. So let's talk. Let's talk turkey. Have you seen the Coors Light commercials for the Raiders where they're like, get those seats? Uh, maybe it's no. some, uh, it comes up on my YouTube. Maybe they know who they're targeting. But the guy in the commercial is local, fa- local fan Raider Reggie. He also dresses up as a silver and black panther. But I remember seeing him like, is that Raider Reggie? I ran into him and he's like, yeah, that's me. He said I, they just wanted some Raider fans at a commercial. And he's like, I should have hit you up. You should have been in the commercial too. I definitely would have went down Raider Reggie and been in that commercial. Raider Reggie got a Twitter handle? What's going on here? Let me, let me Silver look and Black here. Panther. Silver. All of that? Like yeah, I'm silver sure, I'm sure and Black sure, let Panther? Me find it. I'm sure it's abbreviated. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Like that's, <laughs> let, me, let me look this up. So he was in a Bud Light commercial? Coors Light. Coors Light, excuse me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see him. I see him. Okay. All right. Raider Reggie. Alter ego of Raider Reggie. Wow. Yeah, I do a lot. We, we talked about this the other day. When people go, like, I think people were mad at McAfee for selling out. Sell out, of course. Of course I would sell my soul. So quick. God. I wouldn't even hesitate. Like I said, two, two grand, give me in the game and the two grand that I get to walk away with. Sure. I'll be the biggest fan you've ever seen. <laughs> Even for any other teams, that's the other thing. Because I'm jaded as a sports fan, so like, I like, would it be cool to have the Colts have success and for Anthony Richardson to become a Hall of Fame quarterback? Sure. Would I enjoy it? Absolutely. Would I also show up to a Colts game in Tennessee Titans gear if I was paid money and cheer against them as hard as I possibly could? Absolutely. Yes. So even against your beloved Titans, of course. Hmm. Even against Team Morant and the Grizzlies. Okay, that would be that would be tough. Why? Because he might fight you. Oh man, I'd turn into the biggest fan. That'd be my fault, OG. That <laughs> was. We'll have, we'll talk about Morant. I will say it was brought up again because uh, there are reports um, that some within the Memphis Grizzlies organization believe that Team Morant is the driving force behind the um, nonsense that John Morant has pulled over the last couple of years, living vicariously through his son. 
I forgot that I didn't forget about the fight with Shannon Sharp, but I forgot that Shannon Sharp. You don't remember this? I remember it. Okay, Shannon Sharp was asking for the smokes. What no, I no, no, no. Because it was it was brought up, and I remember re- I was rereading the article. And it was great because I totally forgot that when they were going back and forth, Shannon Sharp hit him with one of the best lines, like before a fight starts that it will never start is "Bet you won't." <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. Tim Moran's very little, and Shannon Sharp is still very, very buff. And it's a very, very, very good bet to make on Shannon Sharp's part to just hit him with the bet you won't. 